What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Had something pretty interesting uh, happen to me this last week, or something. Or I, I guess I should say an interesting card popped up online for sale recently. And uh, so I need to give you a little bit of a backstory on this first. But let me tell you first also why I'm doing this podcast on this uh, subject. Uh, I think this probably is going to be something that will be applicable to people that have missed out on a card that they just really wanted. Not something that's like, oh, that would have been a cool card to have. Or, oh, that'd be kind of neat. I'm talking about, and I don't know if you've gone to this, uh, this uh, sickness level before. But I'm talking about a type of card where you know it exists. You've never seen it before. But you want it. You want it more than anything. And you love this card, and you know, again, you still haven't seen it yet, and uh, so that's kind of where we're at on this. So, that for me, this starts back several years ago six or seven years ago. I found out that this uh, card existed, and um, you know, I in the past, what I did was I made up some wanted ads for the card, and I you know, I actually photoshopped it for what I thought it would look like put a video on YouTube, put it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and nothing. Like, <laughs> there was absolutely just nothing out there that um, anybody said anything about uh, it being uh, pulled or anything at all. So, okay, well, you know, that happens. It's, you know, for all we know, um, and this is a, another good topic as well when it comes to cards, is the, uh, you know, the rarity of, of cards or the ability to find cards could be significantly more difficult than you think and i'll give you an example you could have just a, one of countless scenarios right here um you know you could actually have a father and son uh crack open a box of cards where they split the pack and the son uh gets the winner pack and there's like an amazing amazing card in there and he loves it and it's an experience with his dad and so he keeps it and uh you know, come to find out he doesn't care about baseball. He likes basketball more or something or garbage pail kids or, you know, Pokemon or whatever. Takes his cards, uh, especially the the really fancy one that he just pulled with his dad and then puts in his closet and forgets about it for years and years and years. And all the while, there's a handful of people that are salivating over the very thought of this card. It's a one of one thinking, man, what a wonderful card. This would be awesome to get. Oh, I love it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? They might search YouTube and the forums and eBay and, you know, to no avail. And so I think that's one of the uh, things that is so alluring for one of one cards is because you have a very good chance of never seeing a card. You could even have a collector that's really big in the cards not even care about the card too much and not even post it online. So you might not even see a one of one. But this one is, uh, is you know, no exception. It's a Conseco card. And I'm not going to get too uh, in detail uh, about the actual card itself. But, you know, it did pop this last week. And uh, I remember uh, when it popped, it was kind of funny because it was, uh, it, first of all, let me tell you about the Conseco market recently. It's been, been very dry. There have not been too many amazing cards that have been listed recently. And that typically happens the first half of the year um, because I think the second half of the year is when uh, card companies really start cranking out the printing presses and they uh, go for you know, stadium clubs.
Club and Museum and Tribute and Tier One and Immaculate and National Treasures. Um, sorry about that, guys. There's a motorcycle in the background. Um, and so all that stuff typically seems to happen for the most part the second half of the year. So for the first half of the year, we're like, hey, where's cream filling, right? You know, where's the, uh, where's the Conseco cars? There's no new ones that are coming out. What's going on? So this hits in the middle of kind of like a, a little bit of a drought. Um, and I remember looking at going, huh, it's about as good as I could have expected, but just, I felt really incredibly underwhelmed, um, as far as the design goes. And I knew what the design was going to look like. Uh, you know, the, the picture, um, you know, the, the material used, like, uh, you know, very nice card, you know, an incredible card, but it was just something that wasn't awe-inspiring for me. It wasn't something that was like super, super excited. And so therefore, uh, you know, I, I didn't really get too terribly aggressive, uh, in making an offer. And so I remember it was kind of funny because I'm sitting there, I, I look at it on my phone and I go, huh. I put my phone back and I just start thinking about it and I'm like, okay, I don't really say anything all that much to begin with, um, as far as, you know, reaching out to the seller because it was just something that was like, wow, I had been looking for this card for a long time and granted I was much more hot and heavy for it, you know, when I was a, a super collector. Um, but I looked and go, Hmm, gotta think about this for a little bit. Do I really, really want this card? And uh, so <laughs> I, I remember thinking it was kind of strange feeling this way because if there's a card that I really want, my heart rate goes up and I instantly reach out to the seller and I try to do everything I can in my power to, you know, to land the card. That was not the case with this one. And, uh, plus on top of this, the seller was asking an astronomical amount, uh, for the card. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was. It, it, it would have been record-breaking, I'll say that, uh, <laughs> for the type of card that it is. And so uh, I was thinking, man, that's, uh, on top of that, you know, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, paying Ty Cobb money uh, for, uh, I guess, some type of type, Ty Cobbs, anyways, like low-grade T206, uh, low-low-grade T206 uh, Ty Cobb money for a Kinseiko card. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a weird you know, weird feeling right there. Um, but in any event, um, and again, you know, there are certainly, uh, some Conseco cards that are, uh, you know, they're really, uh, really worthy of, of high price tags and stuff. And I would say this one is too, but this one was, you know, <laughs> this is pretty high for what it was. Uh, and so, you know, I ultimately moseyed my way over to, you know, talk to the, to the seller and, you know, I wrote a couple times and, uh, he said, you know, I've actually got a possible offer. Uh, I'm considering I will, uh, um, reach out in the morning or I will, uh, I will actually make a decision in the morning whether I want to actually sell or just like keep it on, uh, on the market for a while. So I said, okay, no problem. Thanks for letting me know. I don't recall if I made an offer that night or the next morning. All I do remember is actually sleeping that night. Uh, if there's a card that like I'm really pumped about, I'll have a hard time going to sleep. <laughs> and so I actually forgot about it until I woke up and, you know, got to my computer and go, oh yeah, I've got to check in with this guy. And so ultimately ended up selling. I was like, ah, you know, it's okay. And 
saw the sales price go okay <laughs> that, that makes it even better to know that i didn't uh, uh you know wasn't the winner on it because that wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have worked out too well <laughs> but uh anyway so it's kind of funny because um i think one of the key components one of the key reasons why i didn't care too terribly much about this is because as somebody who no longer goes after everything um i normally go after one of each type of special card um, because i think everything else for me at least is really kind of overkill and sometimes this you know this rule that i have i bend it or break it from time to time uh, but in this particular scenario um, this card uh, you know wouldn't have been anywhere near my favorite and it certainly wouldn't have been my favorite of that category because uh, i actually picked up a the same relic type of this card a few years back um, and it blows the doors off of it and I love it. Um, so I think that uh, probably uh, helped quite a bit in terms of me just like kind of chilling out and not really care, caring if I picked up this card. So, uh, and I remember back in, I think it was 2019, getting this card, thinking specifically about the card that just sold that I missed out on, thinking, how does this change my feeling of this phantom card that I've never seen before that I've made YouTube videos like wanted ads for and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, the general kind of consensus that I came up with for myself is it changes it hugely because it's no longer a necessity. It's a card that's going to no doubt be really cool. Um, I think I probably felt a sense of relief when it came uh, up uh, this past week because it wasn't as like jaw dropping as I could have thought it might have been or something um and again really nice card anyways i'm just i'm just super picky when it comes to the design in my old day in my old age i guess now <laughs> but uh but anyway so the fact that i had a card from 2019 in the same relic category um meant everything especially because uh i like mine way more and uh, that helps so the way that i wanted to kind of phrase this and frame this for you uh is for all those people out there, all of you people out there that have um, lost out on a card like this, especially when we're talking about especially uh, relic style cards, I'm talking like the new ones that have been made in the past 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, relax and be be okay with possibly losing out on something because the card uh, companies will probably uh, make something just as good, if not better, than what you've just missed out on. Um, I've seen this happen time and time before, time and time again, rather. Um, Super Fractors, you know, I remember the big deal of Kinseiko having uh, his first Super Fractor come out, and, you know, that went for stupid eye money. But guess what? They've made several since then. And, uh, yeah, the Super Fractors are still amazing special cards. That's probably, uh, yeah, I think I've got four of them, which that's one that I probably wouldn't mind having just one of. Uh, at some point because it satisfies a category, but um, you know, they've probably made 15 or so uh, Super Fractors for Conseco. And so, um, and guess what? The card that sold this last, uh, you know, this last week, they're going to be making more of those as well. As soon as they get their hands on another Conseco uh, jersey, which, you know, they will. It's just a matter of time. Um, but then again, they might not, you know, because we're, we're having... Uh, fanatics take over in a few years, they might not care about getting a Kinseiko jersey or putting Kinseiko in the lamp. So who knows 
we might not ever see any other new Conseco cars ever again, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, I, I think if, uh, if I'm being honest with you, I think they probably will. I think a jersey sooner or later is going to make its way to the Fanatics headquarters or Tops or wherever. They're going to cut it up and they're going to make a similar one. And there might be two, three, four, five more down the road when, when all said and done. So if uh, you've lost out on something, you know, all hope is not lost. There's quite a possibility that they'll create another one as well. And, uh, you know, I think also this kind of is a good way to really kind of gauge what your feeling is on a card if it's the first time you've seen it. Like I noticed, you know, like I said before, when I first saw this card, I wasn't overly excited. I wasn't even really all that excited other than seeing it for, you know, first time in several years, you know, thinking, oh, that's cool. I'm glad I was able to see it. Uh, but there wasn't that like killer instinct to go for it, you know, like to be really, really excited enough to to really go for it. So, uh, and I, I know I've had that feeling many times of where I see something and I go, oh man, I've got to do everything I can to try to get this, you know? And <laughs> it reminds me of, which is kind of funny, uh, of our first and only uh, trek to uh, storage units. And I remember uh, a number of years ago, my uh, best friend actually invited us out to uh, see a storage unit and I was, this is kind of like in the, in the height of storage wars and all that, you know, and we like that show and, uh, it was kind of fun watching that. And so I go, you know, I want to give this a try. And I went there thinking, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not actually going to bid on anything. I just want to see how it goes. I mean, kind of learn the ropes. And then, uh, I believe it was, uh, I think it was locker A220 if I remember correctly. Um, and they opened it up and something inside me said, okay, I've got to go for it. So I just got bid. And so I ended up winning and I think it was like $420. And so here we had this massive locker <laughs> full of, uh, uh, full of stuff and we had to transport it home. And so I remember our living room was filled with this locker room full of stuff to resell. And, uh, I mean, we had like all kinds of, uh, uh, what was the, uh, oh, I don't remember what the brand was. It was a bunch of kitchen stuff. Uh, that, that was, uh, that's kind of the main thing that, that, that hooked me really. And, uh, but anyway, so the, the whole point of the story though, is that, uh, there was something in me that, uh, a switch that was flipped where I go, ha, this is it. It's go time. I've had that happen on. Uh, you know, like storage unit like that. I've had that happen on uh, many cards in the past. Just didn't happen with this one. And, uh, you know, I think it ended up working out for the best. Because uh, also, it would have been essentially kind of like a double, like a lesser, in my eyes anyways, a lesser double than, you know, what I have right now. So, um, I think it works out real nicely. I'm happy I was able to see it, um, at the very least, for the first time and see, see what it was about and what it looked like. And you know, definitely a cool card. Uh, but you know, I can, I can live without it on my shelf and I'm, uh, very happy that, uh, <laughs> that I've got my, uh, representation of that type of relic on my shelf already as it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's that. And so I think, um, that's kind of the main thing is, is really just kind of don't worry too terribly much if you miss out on something, uh, be okay. We all miss out on something. There can only be one, right? There can only be one winner for each card. Um, if, 
the one that you went for, um, you know, recently uh, slipped through your fingers. Yeah, you'll get them next time, you know. <laughs> and even if it's not the same type of uh, relic type, there's just so many other really cool cards out there, um, you know, that you can get. So, um, which is one of the good things I think about collecting in 2022. We have so many options, just an incredible amount of stuff out there, um, which is good, which I think is really good. Um, you know, we don't have to, shouldn't be in that collecting mindset from the 80s and 90s where, you know, it's like, got to have it all because you can't have it all. You know, so just uh, think of it more as a buffet, um, you know, instead of having to, uh, you know, eat everything, pick and choose what you really love. And uh, you know, I think sometimes we fall into the pit of <laughs> loving a little too more, too much Seth uh, um, than we probably should, and uh, that's certainly the case with me a lot of times. So, <laughs> so those limits, those limiters are big for me, guys. Like uh, I know that if I wanted to, because I know this is kind of how my brain works. Um, if I wanted to go on a quest again to have once again, the biggest, most elaborate Conseco collection uh, to get all of the knobs, barrels, uh, tags, patches, um, buttons, all those types of cards. Um, you know, I certainly could, uh, you know, wreak havoc on the, the community of Conseco collectors again <laughs> and, uh, and really ultimately pigeonhole myself. And I think that's probably what other people have done too into something where you know you're buying things because you're just down this one rabbit hole and you have tunnel vision that's all you see and you know when you step back you go oh man i paid a lot of money on duplication or uh you know things that probably don't matter a whole lot when i could be putting this money into something else that's really cool and uh i think that's probably uh something that that speaks volumes to those that are uh you know that are able to step back and diversify a little bit and enjoy other uh collecting realms i think that's one of my favorite things is to be able to uh reach out to other collectors and see what else they collect i actually did that on one of the forums uh the other day I said hey what is your uh what else do you collect and what is your favorite item in your collection? And there's so many people that reached out and answered. And it was funny because a lot of these guys, like what they collect, I've never even heard of before. But they're like white hot passionate about these things. Like uh, these, you know, little uh, 80s trinkets or, you know, 70s action figures or these characters from from Japan. I mean, like I've I've never heard of a lot of these guys before, but some of these guys are like, yeah, Tanner, take a look at this. This is what I got. This is my setup. And they show me pictures of their room and they're like filled with these pieces of some sort of fandom that have no clue existed, had no clue existed. And they're like, hey, take a look at this. What do you see? I said, well, I don't know. I see a bunch of, you know, three-headed alien monster guys with, you know, one eye and that kind of thing. They're like, no, no, no. You see that middle piece? That's the Holy Grail, baby. And like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And <laughs> I'm looking at it, it all looks the same to me, you know, but come to find out some of these pieces are like over a thousand dollars or whatever. I had no idea. I had no clue. Like I could have gone to like, um, 
you know, Goodwill have seen it for 50 cents and passed up and said, nah, it's kind of ugly, <laughs> you know? Um, it fascinates me. It fascinates me uh, to no end to see what other uh, collections people have. And so, um, I don't know. I think it's uh, that's kind of what's been fun for me uh, for in my collecting habits is I'm not so wildly obsessed about getting every single card of Kinseiko. I mean, gosh, guys, I don't even have a rated rookie of his at this point. And I will again at some point, but, you know, it's not really a huge, uh, you know, rush for me to get because I know there's like a million out there and it's not going to be a problem to get. Um, I still have my core 200 or 250 cards that uh, I love that, that are like very difficult to obtain. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm hanging on to them because I love them and everything. Um, but getting something like a certain card over and over and over again, which by the way is fine. And I love seeing that in collectors as well. It's fun to see somebody have a thousand of the same card, you know? Uh, but when you're paying silly money uh, to do it, and I guess that's a, that's kind of a term that really can vary depending on who's, whose money it is, right? <laughs> like a dollar a card for a thousand cards might be a massive deal for somebody, whereas $10 a card for a thousand cards might not be a big deal to somebody. So, uh, you know, so it's all, all subjective, I guess, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to see that in other people's collections too. However, if you know, you're burning all this money and stuff that you're not fully passionate about, I would definitely recommend stepping back and thinking, okay, why am I doing this? <laughs> I know that there are a lot of cards in my collection from the late 2010s that was really getting into mid to late 2010s that I would buy that were considered a quote-unquote necessary evil. Now, if you get to a point where you're buying cards with a with the term a necessary evil, um, that typically means you're trying to create a rainbow or something, and, and it's understandable. Um, but if it's not, and you're not white hot about a certain rainbow, I'd recommend taking a second uh, look at that and see if you truly want to go that direction. Because um, you never know what's right around the corner that's going to be really exciting for you. Um, you know, the last thing you want to have happen is uh, waste all your bullets, so to speak, and then have, you know, one of your most favorite cards ever show up and you don't have the funds to do anything about it. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, one of that happens too. So um, anyways, that's, uh, that's all I have for tonight. It was kind of a, kind of a fun revelation for me, I guess, because I've never been so lukewarm about such a big card. Um, and, uh, you know, ended up actually turning out really good, uh, really good for me. And, uh, so I think it also helps me to, uh, to really kind of take a step back and, you know, appreciate the card that I had that satisfies that category as well. So anyways, as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of the day ahead.